When you swipe down from the right-hand corner, this screen should come up. And then this little, uh, can you see right here? There's a little lock with a little turn thing on it. So you know how to swipe from the corner like that? There, there we go. I got it. There we go. Did I help you or no? Yes. You. I would not have known that. <laughs> you obviously don't watch porn on your phone. No. <laughs> not like I used to. Now, is that a lie? Are you on? Nah. Yeah, we're good. I'll uh, use we're the, live? I'll use the small screen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be big. I can see plenty. Uh, I only watch porn on my phone. Where else do people watch porn now? You now can today? um screen mirror it to your to your uh TV if you have a smart TV. Uh, I, I mean, I do. I'm not going to stream my porn. Well, I mean, <laughs> listen. When no one's out of the, in the house, I'm like, well, light some candles. I know I'm free. Oh, you know, a good. I'm a training camp, so. Uh... I'm staying in somebody else's house. So I better keep it off their TVs just in case. <laughs> wow, yeah. Oh, you know, it's amazing. I got a one buddy who was like, man, one time I went to do it and I sent it to like the living room and like my roommate was in there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, Tim Elliott, welcome to Menace and the Man. Stan the Man, Dennis the Menace Bermudez. Now we're joined by top 10. What is that? Flyweight, Tim Elliott. You, you fuck around at Bantamweight, though, too, right? Uh, I did never in the UFC. I, I tried a, a couple of times. Uh, actually, it was Cody Garbrandt twice. He had guys miss weight, and I was just there. Uh, I think I was fired by the UFC at the time, and he kind of lobbied for me to get a fight with him at 35 to fill in, and I never got it. So all my fights in uh, the UFC have been at flyweight. Real quick, did you fight in the WEC? Nope. And wait, did, did you you saying Cody Garbrandt got you the fights, or you almost fought Cody Garbrandt? I was trying to fill in for a guy. Cody was helping me get a fight with him because his he had a guy miss weight or not show up to weigh-ins. I think twice it was just him. And he tried to lobby for me to get the fight. Uh, we're boys, so I thought that would have been cool and a good fight, but uh, I didn't get either one. Oh, wow. We almost had Cody on tonight, too. Oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, I sent today a text to Dennis, like, are they friends? Like, do we know if they're friends before we try to have, like, a joint podcast? We were going to have you and Cody on at the same time. But we do that sometimes, and we feel like there's always someone who gets left sitting there, like, All right, "Hey, hey, guys, I'll, I'll see you guys later," you know, and they they like dip out real quick. That would have definitely been me. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't want to, we didn't want to do that to you. What, Tim? When did you start uh, training to fight? Oh man, uh, I think I was a freshman or sophomore in college. Uh, had uh, Terry Edom came to our college, and uh, he 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 got beat by uh, Matt Grice. I think beat him. Oh wow! And uh, he he asked Matt Grice where he should go to learn wrestling because he was in Liverpool, England, I think. And Matt Grice told him about the junior college where I was going to school. So he came there and he did a full season, wrestled tryouts, did everything. He wrestled our whole entire uh, college wrestling season with us. So uh, I think that would have been in 2006. So he was the first person I ever trained with. And then uh, I just kind of dabbled a little bit from there. I two college degrees. I'd never worked a, a job, never worked a day in my life and went straight into fighting from there. So I have just two wasted degrees and have never worked. So two degrees and no skills. But what degrees? What are the degrees in? I have a bachelor's uh, in science and a bachelor's in environmental and industrial health and safety, like OSHA training. And that's what all the wrestlers did at University of Central Oklahoma. Just oh. so you had a degree. That, that was it. Yeah, I promised my dad I would get a degree after being in college for nine years. No, so, seriously? Not, not a doctor. <laughs> I mean, I, almost, I think eight years, seven or eight years. I'm wow. not a doctor. 
What'd you do? Like your a red shirt? Uh, um, no red, no red shirt. I just I went. I did a a two year college, and then I went to University of Central Oklahoma for till I graduated, and then they paid for me to stay and student assist for a couple of years. So oh, sick. Okay. I, I just liked being in college and had no like urge to get out. Like it was paying for itself, and uh, I was really enjoying myself coaching and just was worried about getting a job. So then I just started fighting after that. Oh, the college life was probably amazing. Like, is that you party, yeah. right? You were probably drinking, hanging out. You were the super <laughs> senior. After yeah. a few years, you know the ropes. He was the super duper senior then. Yeah. The uh, the day I was supposed to graduate, uh, I fought Jens Pulver in uh, RFA. So I, I, didn't, I didn't go and walk or anything. I fought Jens Pulver on my graduation day. But technically, I have the degrees. I just never got one handed to me, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's like you graduated beating Jens Pulver. You got two degrees that day, if you will. That's like you what? And if that that's the fight right after that, you went to the UFC, right? I have one fight in between there. Uh, Josh Rave, he was a, he was the first flyweight guy I ever fought. I fought Jens Pulver at thirty five, and then my first fight at flyweight would have been Josh Rave. He was like a highly ranked, and uh, I threw a spinning back kick and missed, and then he just went down, and I submitted him. And then later on, him and I talked. He hit his. Uh, he hit his chin on my ass cheek and knocked himself out. So he knocked himself out and fell into a darse. So it was like a real fast fight. And then I went to the UFC from there. Hang on. One thing I totally forgot. And I was doing a little bit of research. Me and you were like kind of on the uh, tough 14 together. No, I, uh, Did you not? I fought. No, no, no. I fought John Dodson right after, after he knocked out TJ Dillashaw. That was my first fight in the UFC. So you didn't it, the well then Wikipedia's got it messed up. It says, where was it? It said uh, his. Oh, okay, my bad. Your UFC debut. You fought Dodson, the you, the Ultimate Fighter fourteen winner. I thought maybe you. Well, that was that was that was also my first real UFC fight. Yeah, so I was uh I was actually in San Francisco. I fought Josh Rave like two weeks before that, and then uh my dad and I were in San Francisco. We were tripping on mushrooms, and he, <laughs> we were talking about fights. We were talking about like bad matchups for me in the UFC, and we came to the conclusion that John Dodson would be the absolute worst matchup for me possible. And then uh, that night, they actually the UFC called me asking if I could fight in six days to fight John Dodson. So we literally got left that night and got on a plane and went to New Jersey. And then I fought John Dodson six days later. Man. And why is it that John Dodson, you feel, would be the, your worst? Just because he's so fast and so strong and, and compact. And, like, I'm kind of gangly and slow and unathletic. So he would he would just – and still to this day, I think he's the best guy I've ever fought. Like, hang on. I don't the, think – Probably the on. best guy. He is – Stan, he's, he's, he's been saying this for years, like, because we have a couple of small guys around us, or when he talks about little guys, he'll always go, John Dodson. No, John Dodson. Well, no, because I remember on Open, it was 135, 145. He was on my team. We started moving around, and, like, he went, zip, zip, and bought me. And I was like, all right, uh, little guy, like, easy. <laughs> you know, I was just yeah. like, ah, oh, I'll go easy with him. And then he did it to me again. I was like, mm, I, I'm tasting blood. And I was like, all right, you little fuck. And I fucking, but it was like two cats fighting because I was like, okay, now I'm yeah. really trying to hurt you. Uh, but I remember, so he, being, fuck, he hits. If he would have just had a better so game plan, fast. if he would have had a better game plan, he would have just thrashed me. He kind of, he kind of like went backwards a lot in our fight, and uh, 
but he was so fast and I wasn't fast enough to block. So I started just putting my head down every time he hit me. He broke both his hands in that fight. So I was able to kind of chase him around a little bit uh, because he had two broken hands. But uh, yeah, it was one of my better fights. And uh, But he's by far, I mean, he's a freak. He's he's the best, strongest, fastest guy I've ever fought. Bro, he's, and he's a monster. Bare knuckles built for him. Two minute rounds. He has no fear of getting taken down. He'll, he'll beat everybody. He's murdering in bare knuckle. Like it's not even close, right? He's finishing all yeah. these guys and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking terrifying. Oh my oh, God. Man. He's too quick. We talk he about, this, there's this guy, Fumi Nakuda from New York that we talk about. Who's like, what is he? Five, three, five, four. He's just super fast. He's one twenty five. Like, you know, it, uh, you say you're probably one of the slower guys, right? Like you think you yeah. see these guys and like, what the fuck is that guy yeah. doing? And he's like, but it's really like this in front of your face. You know what I mean? John Dodson care. You know what? He also has really long arms for how short he is. Uh, so yeah, he does that. And he covers distance so fast. You're like, bro, you know, and, and bro, when he's like this, you're like, you're, you can't touch me from there. And then he goes, zip, zip, and, pop, and you're like, you fucking motherfucker. Um, yeah, I'm like six inches taller than him. And he's got like seven inches of reach on me. So you've been winning lately. Do you have any dates right now lined up or? Yeah, uh, October 21st, I fired uh, Mohamed Makev. He's a rushing 22-year-old kid. He was he was 11 when I got signed to the UFC. Uh, I think he's like 32-0 and 0 overall. So should be a good one. So what's that? What, what are you now? 37? What am I ranked? 35? Uh, yeah, 36. Okay, same age. Man, me and you have a yeah. lot in common, dude. Yeah. And then I remember... What? Well, here, Menace, I always go, do you know this person? Or how do you know this person? You were on the car with this person. I was like, you know Tim Elliott? Or what do you got to say about Tim Elliott? He was like, good dude. Love Tim Elliott. <laughs> I, and he said he used to sit in the sauna with you. Because you well, know how... It was in San San Francisco? Was that where... I fought Clay Guida, I believe. Shit, uh, it was sure. a Robbie Lawler card, I think. I'm not sure when, but you know how it is. Different weight class. So I wasn't sure when you guys would have crossed paths. And he was like, sauna sauna yes. bro like we sat in the sauna had some sauna sits yes that makes sense i'm gonna check right now what card you two fought on well, hang on well yeah, i just said that one in uh in jersey we both had our very our first real ufc debuts right because yeah. the ultimate fighter doesn't count as a real ufc fight right right and i didn't get i was already so when i got on the ultimate fighter i'd already been fired by the ufc once so but I actually just mentioned to you, I had a thing where they they did like speed questions and they were asking like my favorite fight of all time. And I said, you and Matt Grice was my favorite all-time oh, fight that wow. I've ever seen. Thanks, dude. That was... Yes. We've said before that if there's ever a fight that deserves like honorable mention into the UFC Fight Hall of Fame, it's him versus Grice. But politics, we got to blow this podcast up and keep right. telling every fighter <laughs> that comes on that story and blah, blah, blah. Then I'll be like, yep. Oh, you haven't it seen it? Pull up YouTube. But yeah, that yeah. night was the first one. Your first UFC fight. Jim Miller versus Nate Diaz main event. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Michael Johnson, Tony Ferguson. Tim Elliott, John Dodson. No, Sp I'm talking about... Uh, no, I, I fought... Bermudez um, versus Garza. No, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah. Um, 2012. Yep. Wow. Way back in the day. Yeah. So you have a fight lined up October 21st. 
there's a, a couple things going on right now in like the fight world around your weight class, but this is that 125 your fight, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so the title just changed hands right there, but we're gonna go up to 135 because it's we just had Marab on the show last episode. What are your thoughts on 135? Like, who do you think should get the next title shot at 135? You know, I don't know. I think Marab and, and him have a story, uh, considering he's friends with Aljo. But uh, God, there's there's just so many good guys right there. Uh, it's it's hard to say. Um, that's a stacked weight class. Uh, but I figure Marab's probably the the front runner. Um, I don't know. Henry Cejudo is interesting as well. I I think that's a an interesting fight. Um, I think Sean will kind of get a call a shot though with who he really wants to fight. It seems like it's looking like Cheeto. He wants Cheeto, which would make sense since he already beat him once, I guess. And what? How many? Cheeto's won several in a row now, yeah. But he also has lost since he beat O'Malley. That's true. Yeah, that's why I figured they'll kind of, I don't know. It's seems like it's going to be up to Sean, most likely, who he wants to fight. But there's a lot of guys that could compete at that weight class. Now, what are your thoughts? Because the UFC, there's a lot of elements of, like, the WWF or WWE. and But we compete in it like, yo, we want to be, like, college wrestling or freestyle you know what i mean or like olympic wrestling not like the showman style you know what i'm saying uh, yeah because you and i are not i don't know we don't talk a ton of shit we just go out there fight our fucking balls off and then yeah i mean i'm a fighter i'm not a tv personality if i mean but obviously if you can do both you can there's more money to be made like uh sure these guys are doing good at selling selling shit like i I'm just lucky enough if I have exciting fights and same with you. Like that's the only, that's the only thing that saves us because well, no, but it's so hard not, because so many guys are badasses, right? You know what I'm Every, saying? All the guys in the UFC, but I mean, it's not the fight game anymore. It's the entertainment industry and, and you got to be able to do both. And that's like guys like me are fucking dinosaurs. We're all falling off the edge of the world right now. But, uh, I'm just lucky enough. Like I'm really starting to feel my age for the first time. I've I've never really not been able to train as hard as I want until just here recently. So I'm having to chill out on my training and, and rest and recover a little more. But on the other end, I'm also like getting better at a faster rate because I'm not fucking hurt all the time. I'm not sure. beat up all the time, but I have to force myself to rest and relax and sit on the couch and watch TV for a little bit instead of just training all day. Yep. Ryan Parsons is my manager. He worked heavily with um, Dan Henderson. <laughs> And he told me, Dennis, if you saw his volume towards the end of his career, you would fucking, you'd be like, you're, you're kidding, right? I mean, and, but I mean, I feel it even now. I feel like if I were to fight, I would, I would probably train just like almost every other day, but just keep my weight in check, really. Yeah, that's right. I do one, I go in and hit pads, like light pads almost every morning. And then right before morning pro practice, I do pro practice. And then from there on out, it's pretty much just stretch and recover, maybe swim, something light. But I do one hard practice a day. That's I'm not like a lot of the, the guys on, on our team. I think the, the oldest one besides me is like 27. So everybody's 22 and below. So those guys can practice three, four or five times a day and, sure. and still be fine. Like I just don't have that in me anymore. But it's nice to kind of evens the playing field with me going with those guys after they've been training all day, like that I can get mine in on them. But um, yeah, like Lucas Brennan here, the coach's son, he's, I think he's 22. He's 10 and 0 Bellator. He's ranked nine or 10 in the world on a developmental contract. It's, 
it's crazy how young these guys are and how good they are. Did you ever get that um, the UFC was giving out um, like tra training helpers? Like you put it on, you put some, you put like a ground on your hand, and then you either put, I think it went on your head. It was called the Omni, whatever, and it would, it would, you would, you were supposed to do it in the mornings when you woke up, and it would kind of let you know if you're overtrained or not. Did you ever put yeah. that thing? So we didn't get that. We got a there Aurora rings. It's like a ring you wear. Okay. And then like it tells you throughout the night. But I ended up just not wearing it because mine just pretty much was telling me that I wasn't sleeping where the fuck and that I wasn't recovering because I wasn't sleeping good. So I was like, I don't need this fucking ring to tell me that. I already know like I'm sleeping like shit. So. Well, there's a few uh, but, things you yeah. can do for your sleep. Um, do you? I mean, I mean, I don't want to insult you, but just like cold showers are awesome. Yeah. Help your sleep. Uh, we got an ice plunge here chew? now, so I've been doing that. What's that? Do you chew? No. So I know, like, nicotine closer to bed fucks up your shit. How about your oh, caffeine yeah. intake? Yeah, only in the morning early. I mean, right now everything's working pretty good. Uh, so here's what it really, I think it is. Your testosterone levels are probably low. Guaranteed. I'm 36. I've been fighting since, I, I mean, it's the only job I've ever had. But there ain't nothing I can do about that. <laughs> right, I know, which is unfortunate because I got my levels checked just a little over a year ago, and I was at like three fifteen, which is which is on the low end of average. But like, yeah. but here's here it three hundred to eight hundred is average. I'm like, I shouldn't be on the low. Like, fuck that. Yeah, I uh, I've never even had uh, I've never even been checked, but. I know all the guys pretty much after the UFC and all the bear, every pretty much all the my coaches and stuff are like saying, TRT is where it's at if you want to be able to sleep at night. And I'm like, sure. fuck, well, guess I'll have to wait until after the UFC. What do you have like a, a timeline? I mean, I have two fights left on my contract. I figure if I lose this fight, they'll let me fight my contract out and then I'll be done. If I win this fight, they'll give me another contract. I really lucked into this new contract that I'm in because, uh, I lost to that Nicolau Matthias kid. I thought that I beat him. We went a three-round decision. I thought that I beat him. They said that I lost. My manager called me, and I was like, fuck, this is it. I'm getting fired. Well, then they wanted me to fight. They were like, hey, we need a guy to fight, the number five guy, in like eight days. Can you make weight? I'm like, nobody's going to fight this guy. Uh, I think it was David Dvorak at the time. And I was like, yes, give me a new contract with this number. And they came back with a contract and said, how about this? And I was like, cool, deal. So I signed the contract and then I waited two days because the fight was supposed to be in like six or eight days and I didn't hear anything. So I call him like, yo, is this fight happening or what? Well, the guy turned the fight down with me. So I got a brand new contract with wow. a good pay. And now I'm two fights. I've won all my fights on this contract. So I'm finally making money and I lucked into this fucking contract to begin with. So it's, uh, it's been really nice. Well, they got to love a Tim Elliott fight. Your fights are like the old school cartoons, like when it's just like the two <laughs> and the little dust, you know? That's a Tim oh, Elliott yeah. fight, so it's always action. That's all I got. What made you get, uh, get rid of the mullet? Oh, man, I, so I, the only reason why I grew it out this last time is because every other time I've had a mullet, I've lost. I've never won a fight oh, with a mullet. okay. So they come with the mullet I was curse. always superstitious, so what are some of yours? Yeah, well, that one, for instance, because I'd never won a fight. Uh Really not too many. That's uh, that's just the big one. I was like, I just want to win a fight. Every time, if I lost in a mouthpiece, I would never use it again. 
Oh, really? That was one of mine. <laughs> one of those weird yeah, things I, I see could... with the mouthpiece. You ever see when guys throw it into the crowd? Yes. Yeah. That'd be the worst souvenir. I... I'd be so disgusted if a mouthpiece hit me. I don't give a uh, fuck. Who... I think I need my mouthpiece. Yeah, I, I want to keep my mouth also pieces. like Tim. How much you pay for a mouth guard? I mean, I'm lucky. Damage control has sponsored me for a long time, so they just have my mold and they'll just send me free ones. But I mean, well, I how two much or is a mouth guard though? Like two hundred, two or three hundred dollars, right? For, yeah, for a good I'm one. Like, you just threw three hundred dollars in a fucking crowd. That's also lit too, because I know, like, what do you have? Two? You probably have two or three of those, unless you have a sponsor like Tim Elliott just sending you the the yeah. reload. But even well, I have, have a sponsor, uh, guard labs. I keep track of them. So you could have been throwing yeah. them in the crowd. Yeah, but again, I just won in that thing, so I'm fucking. All right, now I'm that gonna I, throw a mouthpiece in the crowd, like now that I thought that. about it, not the worst souvenir. I was just thinking like a bloody, sweaty, but now it's like, oh shit, <laughs> one of a kind. But I think I was going Definitely with, with the 135. Oh, go ahead, Tim. Definitely just throw it after you lose. That way you're not gonna wear it anyway. Yeah, but on a fucking like locker in the garbage, <laughs> or anybody looking at you the wrong way, like, dude. <laughs> after a loss, and the guy's like, "Hey, let me." I'm like, "Get the." F I've threatened probably at least after a loss, I'll threaten oh, five UFC workers just trying to like you know either whether to follow me around or they want my hair. I'm like, "Get the fuck away from me, dude!" <laughs> right? Yeah, it's a it's a tough thing losing a fight. Like it's especially you get half your paycheck. That's my big thing now. Is I used to just really want to win, and now I'm just like, I have a kid and a mortgage, and you know. She more, goes to fancy more, private more judges. Right. <laughs> they need to do away with that. It Seven should, judges, right? It should just be yeah, show money, no win bonus. Win bonus is your fight of the nights, your KOs, your things like that. I think guys would fight better if it was showing Or win. even if it was like $10,000 more. wasn't showing win. Even if yeah, it's, I yeah, think they need say, to have, the, the judges need to have like a freestyle and Greco, like where each judge has a red or a blue paddle. And at the end of each round, they hold up which color they think won. Let's simplify it. Then, if the judges make a shitty call, everybody can see and they can fucking throw beers and shit at them, so they can be held accountable. Like, like the the everything being scored in secret is a problem for me. Like, it's I agree. Like the Nicolau Matthews fight, I won the first two rounds, no doubt in my mind, and then he beat me the third round. Well, what happened was, is I won the first round, the second round was close, so they gave it to him, and then he won the third round. So I got fucked by by coasting because I thought I was up two rounds, but. I would have fucking fought completely different had I known what the score was. Mm -hmm. I think more judges as well as the judges sh shouldn't be cage side. Or if there are yes, judges, they be in a room, like if a there are judges cage side, there through. should be judges yeah. too in a separate room. So if there's seven judges, put three cage side and put four in, in the back room. And maybe rotate them or some shit. I don't fucking Absolutely yeah. rotate them. There's got to be some contrast. Got to be a little contrast. I think they shouldn't be able to hear the coaches and Joe Rogan, like everybody's commentary. It should be silent room. I agree. I think the coaches too, you know, you both know from being as experienced as you guys were, because he said it many times to me, coaches play a lot into it sure. with experience, coaches influencing the the judges. Oh yeah. Coaching your guy the judge. Yeah. They're definitely coaching. I know uh, all the coaches I ever had, they'll, I've heard him be like, oh, great shot, Tim Elliott. I'm like, I didn't even land that punch, but, you know, No, whatever. that's great. And on the on the other side, I remember people throwing, like, a head kick, and I blocked it, like, ooh, and I'm like, the fuck you guys doing? Yeah. Block that well, yeah, what do you mean? That landed. See how Bermuda's reacted? It didn't land. That, that, that happens, <laughs> <Right here>. too. <laughs> right. 
that's a weird thing. And then the crowd reactions, I think there's they got to do some type of overhaul to the judging. But the bosses, the higher ups, they don't care about the judging. So, so, right. so your next fight, I think should do cotton candy hair. That's one. Two, <laughs> uh, Dana White saying that Aljamain and Marab, you know, you guys should fight each other. What are your thoughts on teammates fighting each other? I mean, if they don't want to fight each other, there's plenty of guys to fight. For me, like if I got a teammate, we can both make some big money. We're, I mean, we fight every day anyway. Like my, I can do it without ho holding a grudge. Like, a, and like, I don't know, money talks, I guess. But uh, I guess they would have to find a different place to train, and there could be a lot of problems. But some people don't need the money like I do. Like I'll, whoever they tell me to fight, I'm fighting teammate, grandma, sister, like yes. whoever. I'm, I need to get paid. So. And Tough situation. Well, the fight was never necessary. So they were always exactly. able to dance around it. Sure. But now it sucks if it happens that Marab gets skipped because he didn't want to fight his friend when it's like, my friend's not the champion no more. Give me the guy who beat him. Give me the, you know. Right. And that's what he said in the beginning. And I said, uh, I couldn't agree more. And that when we had Marab on, I was like, dude, that's the card. Yeah. Unfold. Well, you know, too, you probably have a different outlook, Tim, because you've been to a few different gyms, right? You've had different head yeah. coaches. You've moved around. I think that's the biggest thing for Aljo and Marab is they kind of can't split up their team. They have the same training partners, the same coaches. The same, they are the – Aljamain is Marab's coach, and I think even vice versa. Right. Like, they're each other's corner man. Like, it's a real – it's a rough one. Yeah, and I mean, some people either don't need it or it's not as important enough to them. Like, uh, but if it was for the belt for me, and that's what I worked my whole career for, like I'm, I'm gonna go for it. Uh, friends or not, it's business at the end of the day. But uh, also, I can appreciate, I can appreciate them not wanting to fight each other and not having to fight each other, especially in that division. There's so many guys, and the belt can change hands again here anytime, and like they, they'll still be able to uh, do exactly what they're doing. Uh, I think, and especially right now, it's it's more it's more popular if Marab gets a chance to fight now for the belt. And but then he's going to have the belt possibly, and then what's Aljo going to do? Not fight him for the belt? Yeah, exactly. That's what. If Marab goes on sure. a run, then it's like all right. Al, they they even talked about it. Maybe Aljamain versus Holloway, or Aljamain, you got to clean out one thirty five the way Marab did. It just yeah. life. Aljo definitely looks big enough to fight at forty five. Yeah. So, not the elephant in the room, but obviously you had a lot of conversations about the situation with your lady, right? Yeah, yeah, lots. <laughs> so fight that guy. Yeah, I, would, I mean, so I always figured when the UFC fired me, I would just go to bare knuckle, and that would, I mean, that would probably be a good fight that sells because he's fighting bare knuckle now. In the BKFC. Yep. What weight class is he? Fifty-five. I'll fight him for you. I mean, I fought him a bunch of times, so I'm not really worried about it. We fought in the gym all the time. <laughs> I beat him, right? In a bare knuckle boxing or Yes. He hasn't the thing is is he fought two two guys that box that are like B level boxers. They don't know how to fight in the clinch at all. Like oh, the game I was his lead that... I was his lead corner for his fights, both his fights in bare knuckle. Like all he does is grab and punch. He if he fought anybody he's a jujitsu guy. He's not a he's not a striker. Bro, that's how I won wrestling matches, was just pull, pull. Like, I think if I Thanks. put this claw on someone, bare knuckle, like, they're not getting out. I'm just digging. 
Oh, for sure. And it's great because as long as you're punching, you can grab. You you can't grab in front of the elbow, but anything behind the elbow or head or neck, as long as you're punching, the and it's so new the judge the referees don't really get involved. And the boxers are good if they can keep range, but as soon as they get in the clinch, they like put their arms out, and that's what happened in Kevin's fight. The guys quit fighting when he clinched them, so he just knocked him out in the clinch. It's, let, uh, me, let me see those knuckles. I, I feel like you have fucking huge knuckles. Oh, my God. No, I got have little you considered baby hair. bare knuckle? Yeah, I, I, as soon as the UFC fires me, I'll, I'll go bare knuckle. <laughs> Hang on. Why don't you go out on your own terms? Because uh, I just won't. I'll stick. I mean, I'm, I'm finally making good money. They'll have to fire me. I'll, I'll be the fucking 60-year-old guy trying to fight in the UFC. Like, I'm finally making a, enough money to where I can fight once or twice a year and be comfortable and put some money away from my kid and I mean, I, just, I could look. I, I could look. Groundwork. I could look it up. How much is that? Uh, I think my contract now is like sixty to show, sixty to win. Okay. I I wanted a hundred flat for the last contract, and they said no. They gave me sixty and sixty, but I haven't lost on this contract, so it's actually paid out better. Okay. With what they were gonna give. Yeah, one twenty is a nice hit. You know, two forty for the year with two wins is fucking. And then you get the. You have enough fights where you're getting the the uh, uh big number from not a big number, but yeah, I think a, it's like twenty or thirty number grand. from Venom, right? With yeah. that twenty yeah, grand, yeah, more than I was making. Yeah, I think it's twenty or forty. I can't remember what it is exactly. I have to go a nice and look. little fucking mm, on top of, and then you know, if you do, do you do any of those like grappling matches on the side or? No, I did high rollers once, but I grappled Patchy Mix. I was like 142 pounds and grappled Patchy Mix, who was like 170 something. He just choked me out really fast. So, Patchy Mix is good too. We actually were even in talks to possibly have him on the episode tonight. We're playing phone tag with him and Tatiana Tatiana Suarez. But even Menace segued there into fighter pay and all these other things. (laughs) I wanted to get onto the relationship thing. So, like, that whole thing. Well, no relationship anymore. What happened? There's no relationship anymore. The re- but you know what I mean? That thing had me yeah. and Menace like fixated. We were like team Tim Elliott. And then we saw like, you know how the internet is. The internet's full of everybody. So you get Hell mixed yeah. results. So I saw some people that were like, oh, he's like slut shaming or, you know. Because <laughs> well, no, I don't I don't follow too many fighters on Facebook, but I follow Tim Elliott. Yeah. I watched everything. I, I mean, Outside looking in, it looks like you guys had a, a beautiful thing. I was fucking super happy for you. I watched everything. She was great with your daughter. And then Stan hit me with, like, this fucking horn. I was like, what? And then he sent me the – he's all up to date on on all articles and shit like that. And I was like, no nice. way. Like, no way. Yeah, man. It, uh, it was kind of a shock to me, too, but – Oh, for I sure. mean, it all came around where she pretty much she just blamed me because she said she wasn't happy and said she asked me to do things and I didn't do them. But like we got married, so I thought things were okay. And then she, she literally the night that we got married, she was drinking, I wasn't. I took Sterling home. She she wanted to go out and party with her friends. So I guess her and Kevin Kroom, like and Kevin Kroom was the guy who uh, orchestrated the wedding. He was the officiant. But uh, they ended up making out. I guess that night, and then. Uh, I just didn't know about it until later. And then finally one of her friends told me like she texts all the, sh- everything that she pretty much orchestrated the whole thing to this other girl. And this girl showed me everything. And I was just like, Oh, so I don't mean no hard feelings. I'm, I was a little bit upset. Mostly it was financials. I lost like, maybe a hundred thousand dollars or so, but, uh, money well what, spent. someone's getting hurt over a hundred thousand dollars in my book. 
Yeah. But the thing is about the money better, is I can you're always you're a better man than me. Well, I'm I'm an earner, man. I've I've been poor my whole life, but making money is I don't want to say it's easy, but I've always just been able to do it. Um, the thing that frustrated me was the time. Like I wasted a lot of time sure. and, and put and invested like money into houses and stuff and like maxing out her 401k or not her 401k, but her, like her Roth IRAs and right. her IRAs and things I wasn't even doing for myself just because she, you know, she was out of the UFC and not really making any money. But uh, we had some But now we can and... say she fucking sucked. You married yes, this bitch. Well, that's what I'm on. Yeah. Like for a woman to do that to a man is like you're deceitful. Like that's some fucked up Hang shit. Hang on, Stan. Like, what do you mean? Stan's Stan? No, we're not going into me. But oh, then, so Stan here. hates women. I love women. What are you <laughs> talking about? Hang on. Shut bro, up. A couple Shut nights. up. Like why are we going into me? Oh, so like I would have to ask you there and be straight with you. Like was Tim Elliott in the wrong at all? Do you feel like hindsight you were in the wrong at all with? You know, could like, I could I have done better? Of course, I could always do better. I mean, there's a lot of things I do as a dad where some parents might not think that I'm the best dad, but like I'm, I'm a fucking great dad. It's one of the, and I I'm a great partner as well. Like I paid for everything and, and took care of her and loved her. Yeah, I'm fucking I'm an asshole and I drink and I'm a mess and all kinds of other shit. But uh, the thing is, if there was anything that she didn't like or didn't want me to do, then like. Let's let's not get married. It would have been easy just to not get married. I would have been fine. Like I would have been cool with not getting married. She could have been with whoever she wanted to be with. But uh, we got married, so I thought she was fine. And I mean, she didn't make it a full day. <laughs> and then come to find out later, she, we weren't even legally married. We just had a wedding. I saw that. Yeah. Oh. So she never signed the paper and whatnot. Now, I don't know what type of confirmation you ever got. Were they having anything before? The marriage she said she said no she said started on the day of the wedding which is almost worse for me i was like that no <laughs> so uh you know i don't really know i don't worse the thing is is like i don't have any hard feelings toward her. i hope i hope she's good i don't even have any hard feelings toward kevin really i just the worst part with kevin was is like my daughter was friends with him and she would literally ask if kevin could come over and, and play and i would invite kevin over and he would play with my kid while they were having a relationship and i had i'm like for me there's no scenario where if I'm fucking your wife that I'm coming to your house and being around you at all. Like I just, I don't have the nuts for that. So uh, that was like a harder thing. And Sterling, like she asked about Kevin more than she does about Gina's. Cause like her and Kevin were close friends. Like, cause he acts like a fucking kid. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. So like me and menace were all over that thing. And then that's how we got into the conversation of like, Oh, the sauna sits and, that we were Team Elliot the whole time. And it's not that I <laughs> hate women where Menace is going to go. I love women, obviously. I'm heterosexual man. But yeah. when they do men wrong and then they can kind of just go, oh, I'm the victim. No, and kind of spin a narrative. Like I saw people coming at you he a little bit. He made me unhappy. Like, like they could spin a narrative yeah. very easily, way easier than a man can of who was in the wrong. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is I for sure like, don't want to act like I'm perfect by any means, but Nobody all she is. had to do is not get married. We don't have to get married. Like she wanted to get married. She wanted to have a wedding. She invited all her friends and family, like had her dad come down the aisle. Like nobody asked her to read vows to my daughter. She read vows to my daughter. And, oh, and like, that's like the like, worst that, part. Yeah. So now as a father, you know, and, and I've dated a couple <laughs> girls that didn't have any kids at all. And just, you know, this is my son, you know what I mean? My, my boys, you know, and, and they always were, before I can marry that girl or consider it, it's, 
what's your guys' relationship like first? Yeah. Right. Like me and you could be like, oh man, if there was no kids, yeah, sure, I could have married you. We, but how's your relationship with my guys? Right. That's my, and you know. So finding out, how do you find out now? You like, you're training with this guy. First off, he was the guy at your wedding, married you guys, and now you're still training with this guy. You're cornering him. I I yes. remember hearing the the episode when you talked about it, but like. I'm not talking about the act. You can go into the exact specifics, but like the feeling of like, am I ready to fight this guy? Like street fight. It's on when I see this guy. Was there anything like that? Yeah. So like when, whenever I found out, like, to be fair, I knew she was, she was kind of like shutting down. And later she told me she was just like, she was so, so ashamed of what was going on. Of course, not ashamed enough to stop, but whatever. I didn't, I didn't have any idea, but I could tell something was going on and I would ask her. And of course she would get upset with me about asking or accusing or whatever. So, um, but like I was, I left, whenever she left me, she said she didn't want to be with me anymore. She said it was because of all these things that I did. And she said, one of the big things was, is because I accused her of having uh, something going on with this guy. She said that was a big part of why she was leaving me because I had no proof. And then I accused her of cheating on me with this guy and she didn't. So I was living in my car for a few nights and then she told me to go stay with one of her friends that I didn't even fucking know. But her friend's job was, and her friend knew everything that was going on. And her friend's job was to kind of like let me down easy and just tell me that Gina doesn't love me anymore. And I was like, cool with that. I was, un I was under the understanding that she just didn't love me anymore and that I was a piece of shit and that, you know, she didn't want to marry me. And uh, then she starts texting me and saying like, I love you. I want you back. So I show the girl and then the girl shows me her phone and her phone is Gina saying she doesn't love me anymore. And then my phone is Gina saying that she loves me and wants me back. So this girl just felt bad for me. So she just kind of, showed me everything and then uh yeah so there was a moment that i was worried that i was going to end up going to jail for because i know where this guy lives like sure. I, I know a lot about him i was already i'd already given up my house and you know was staying in my car so it was uh it was one of those situations where i was just so glad that i had a kid because that was the only thing mm -hmm. keeping me out of trouble like my daughter knowing that she fucking needs me kept me out of you know hurting somebody else or myself so um and it didn't take long before I was like, okay, I'm going to be all right. Like whatever the, losing money's fine. My kid's fine. I'm fine. Like whatever. Easy come, easy go. Cause I always, um, I always go like, if I feel like someone's fucking me, it's like I'm competitive <laughs> and I'm like, nah, I was going to say I'm that getting like, mm, I ain't losing. Like you're, you use the, juice. I'm going to feel a win of some sort. He used it, right? You used it. I felt like when I saw you talking about a fight week, I was sending Menace the clips. Like, oh, shit. He talked about it. Like, he addressed it fight week. And I felt like going into the fight, I was like, I think Tim Elliott's a lock. Those last two, I was like, I think he's he's going to win. He's, he's got this little... Because he had this oh. before where I saw you see a different person when you're yes. going through some, some shit that yeah. puts a little chip on your shoulder. You want to be at the gym a little, a little more. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. So I was just like... Tim's a lock. Yeah. Because my, before I retired. So I retired before my last fight that I retired. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't tell anybody. Yeah. And then I went through some shit and I was like, boop, 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 boop. need a fight. Like, well, yeah. three weeks. Cool. Perfect. Like, <laughs> sign me up. Yeah. 155. All right. Hell yeah. So what's the aftermath of that for Tim Elliott? Does Tim Elliott. So we always talk about how gym relationships are terrible. They're hit or miss. 
where like if you're yeah. if you're coaching well, no, each other and they were you know they had so much in common and they can but also the tension's always yeah. high and especially you guys were at the highest level of competition so do you do you yeah. still date gym chicks gym well, she girls was the first i always had a strict uh no dating girls from the gym policy she's the first one i ever dated and in reality like you i went all in on that before one. i never even like recognized her and then like when my coach, Robert Follis, killed himself, I was staying in Vegas with him, then he killed himself. He was supposed to come out to my fight in Canada, never showed up, killed him, hiked up into the mountains and shot himself. So, like, when I got back to Vegas, like, I was at the Palomino, like, every Robert night. Like, like, I was just drunk in the Palomino. It was a place where I could go drink for free, and they're open 23 hours a day. So I was in the strip club, like, 10 days in a row, just getting shitty in there. And she came up there. She slid into my DMs and messaged me, and I didn't really know who she was. And she like pretty much carried me out of the bar and then we were together ever since. So like she was the first girl I ever dated from the gym. And uh, yeah, that's, I'm done with all that. No more MMA girls. Ooh, got you caught up too at a low point. Like where like you weak. Yeah. Weak. Sucking me right in. And even you had me about to jump in and be like, was she one of the strippers? She wasn't one of the strippers. She was a fighter who came into the strip club. I would have done better off with one of them, I think. For sure. You know how it is, gym gym girls and fighter chicks. It's a weird, it's a weird chick. Yeah, they're just like gym guys. We're fucking rotten bastards. Like that's what I'm saying. They're more dudes. They're closer to dudes than they are to like the average female. I feel, and I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm saying that as they're more direct. They're a little bit more. Sure. They know what they want. Yeah. They know what they're about. Yeah. I would imagine their testosterone levels are higher. No. Yeah, I would imagine. Than the which average, I, which I think makes a girl hornier. No. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Definitely does me. So done with the gym girls, but you are Tim Elliott, so you know it's going to be getting thrown at you, I would imagine. But what do you do now? Do you go dating? Are you on dating apps? You try Bumble, Tinder, things like that? Yeah, man. I Like, briefly, I just, man, I haven't da- been on a date since 2015. So, like, I was, the internet dating was before my time. So uh, I'm just now starting to, like, date again. So it's, uh, it's been a process, but, again, I'm not, I'm trying to fucking win some fights and make some money. I feel like uh, pursuing a girl is not really something I was into, but uh, I've been talking to one right now here lately. She's uh, she's actually coming to my fight in Abu Dhabi, so it's not it's not anything like internet official or anything like that. So oh, you got the girl coming to Abu Dhabi? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. How long you been talking to her that she's coming to Abu Dhabi? Uh, it's been several months. She's, she actually just went through a divorce as well. Um, yeah, so it's, I heard, I don't know. It's weird because we we actually met. What's that? Go ahead. We actually met through Instagram. So that's the weird thing is I didn't, didn't meet anybody on a internet dating site, but we met through Instagram. That's how everybody meets. That's how him and his lady met. And that's how I know a bunch of people who met, but a funny thing that, uh, you said a couple months that I just see the meme. It's been coming all over my feed lately where it's like, how long you how long you guys been dating? A few months. And you guys you guys do this together, blah, blah, blah. So she's coming to Abu Dhabi a couple months. Your guys aren't official. And it's like, nah, what the fuck are you doing, bro? You're holding up the line. That's what like every guy's probably <laughs> saying. You're like, what are you doing, bro? You're holding up the line. Yeah, man, it was. So we just started talking briefly. and Because that was the thing is like after meeting my ex in the bar when I was all sad and fucked up. The last thing I wanted to do was jump into a relationship with somebody when I'm all sad and fucked up from, from my ex. So like, uh, when we first started talking, it was just like casual, just 
joking about our fucking divorces and separations and how shitty they were. And then just like friendly talk. And then like, now nah, I don't know. She's uh this is the first girl I've ever dated. She's got her own money. Like she's got her own life. She doesn't fucking need me for anything. Same like, dude. It's awesome. I love that. This is the first time, like every girl I've ever been with, like it's, it's me having to try to take care of them or like figure out a job for them or like make them feel like they have something to provide for the family. And I've always just been like, you don't have to do anything. I'll take care of every fucking thing yes. with this girl. It's not the case. She don't have to, she don't fucking need me at all. And it's so refreshing. It's, it's nice. Sick. I saw a meme today too. I live in memes and I, you know, you, you know, you find those friends. <laughs> and then he puts it in to his, how he, in his life. How it it makes sense though. When it said, it's like, I'm not first marriage material. I'm second marriage material because I just want to split the bills. I want to be like, co and I want to be left the fuck alone when, you know, you like learn the <laughs> lessons from the first failed marriage. So you go into the second. Not that you're getting married, but the second, whatever, the next thing, yeah. going to everything with a little bit of uh, knowledge. When Stan, they say the first one if practice. Stan ever gets married, it'll be like his his third marriage, but he's never been married one time. Yeah, now he'll technically it. me either. <laughs> a couple of Vegas marriages as uh, Stanley Bermudez, you know, just change my name. <laughs> But even oh, yeah. a thing that we had written on our piece of paper that we had to ask Tim Elliott because you had the problems with the lady, but you see it in the news, Logan Paul, what he's going through with his girl and getting absolutely cooked by Dylan Dennis, that Dylan Dennis keeps coming out yeah. with just what like. I think she's suing She's suing him now, right? I just saw a thing today that says she's suing him for like releasing pictures like of something, but. It's, uh, yeah, it just came I out mean, today. Some of them were photoshopped. That she could probably sue for that. Really? I mean, yeah, I don't know how that works. I just saw today on Twitter that she was suing him. Amazing. He's doing an amazing <laughs> job, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Now, if fucking Logan Paul loses, which hang on, Logan Paul wins, right? I don't think so. Is it Dylan a jiu-jitsu guy? It's a yes. boxing fight. Yes, I know. That's what right. you're saying. There's a realm where... No, I don't see the realm. No, there's a realm where Dylan Dennis could be like... Uh, what's his name? Chris Avila or the Diaz brothers and just be a little awkward, have cardio. Logan's not that advanced that, that he's going to fucking... That he might, but that he's going to... I just feel like Logan's way bigger than him and stronger and... I feel like Dylan's bigger than you think he is. You might be right. Yeah. How much Dylan? I haven't seen him next to each other. What'd you say, Tim? I haven't seen him next to each other, so it's hard to judge. Like, I can't can't remember a time where I've seen him right next to each other to see the size discrepancies. Oh, but then Logan's on gear. I, I love that people are now starting uh, to call him out. Who? Uh, of course. Oh. Um, Andrew Schultz. Now, oh, another one. Andrew Schultz and his whole squad were like, "We'll, we'll." Tape, can you pass a drug test? They were asking if And then I saw someone else, Keem, Keem Star, yes, did Keem a Star. video. He was, he was at the Lima. He did some shit with G Fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's on that testosterone, too, that you get on after retirement, but he's still in the game. You know how that I is. I mean, is he on more than that? So we were going into the fights hard. Do you follow fights? Like, does Tim Elliott watch fights a lot, or you just follow the fights that are on your yeah, card, whatnot? It, it just depends. Uh, Depends on how I'm feeling, where I'm at. Like less so when I'm in camp because everything is just fight, fight, fight. So like, if there if there's a flyweight fight or somebody I'm interested in watching, I'll I'll definitely check it out. 
Like, I'll definitely watch the fights this weekend. I want to see uh, Izzy and Strickland go. Okay, for sure. So Vegas, obviously, I know you were there for a minute. So I'll go here first, and then we'll go for a two-parter. We'll go Izzy Strickland second. But I remember Robert Follis. He was a great Team Quest coach, and then he was out in Vegas. What's your favorite Robert Follis memory? Like, if you had to get, like, you know, just shoot one out there. Uh, so, I mean, I whenever I did his, so I paid for his fucking, me and Joe B paid for his, like, funeral party in uh, Las Vegas because they said somebody had issue with it happening at the PI. The PI was going to pay for it, but I guess one of the old UFC guys had beef with the PI, so we ended up doing it at a barbecue joint. But uh, I was PI? in the Ultimate Fighter. Performance Institute. Yeah. They the were UFC Performance fund Institute. it? Yeah, they were gonna let us do it there, but one of the guys—I don't know if it was Nate Corey or one of those guys—had beef with them, and it was so like me and well, Joe B ended up paying dead. for it. Yeah, exactly. So like, and the PI was gonna allow it still, but I don't know the the ins and outs of it. I just remember it being an issue, and me and Joe Beef put the bill so that we could do it at a different spot. Benavidez. But uh, yeah, yeah, he was Joe's coach as well. That's how I met him. Really, was through Benavidez on the Ultimate Fighter. But uh, I was in the Ultimate Fighter, and I. I think I came in on the Ultimate Fighter. I was like 152 pounds. I had to make weight at 125. And then when you win, you have to keep making weight. So I had to make weight at 125 four times, four weeks in a row. And after my third making weight, like I was just feeling really fucking down. And uh, I was already in the finals. Uh, all I had to do was make weight one more time. And sitting in the lo- or the the sauna with Fallis, and I'm like telling him like, "Hey, man, I think I think I'm gonna pull out of this shit. I don't I don't think I." Uh, I don't think I want to fight. Uh, I don't don't feel like I can do this anymore. And uh, he was like, "All right, uh, let me tell you a joke." And I was like, "Like, don't really want to hear a joke, but, but go ahead." He's like, "It's like uh, a guy walks into a bar and tells the bartender, I want ten martinis.'" And the bartender's like, "No, I mean, I can't can't give you ten martinis." He's like, "I can give you one at a time." And he goes, "No, no, I need ten martinis." And the bartender said, "Why are you uh you celebrating something?" And the guy said, "Yeah, I mean, I had my first blowjob today." And the bartender said, oh, shit, if that's the case, I'll give you 11 martinis. And the guy said, nah, 10 don't get the taste out of my mouth. I doubt 11 will. And uh, I just fucking died on the floor in the sauna. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and win this show and, and get over this shit. So, like, he just he cheered me up with that one stupid joke. And then when he, we had his uh, his eulogy or whatever, whenever he, like, at the barbecue joint where he passed, I told that fucking joke. That was the only thing I said. I didn't even say anything about Robert. I just told the joke he told me, and everybody was crying, and then I just went home from there. But that's probably my favorite Robert Fallis memory. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Robert Fallis left you with a good joke that you can t- take yeah. on your tour throughout the world. Yeah. You know? That's what's up. So you were in Vegas. Strickland was there at the time when you were there? Yeah. You have any good Strickland stories? No, I mean, uh, not really. He actually, funny enough, like my wife and him would message back and forth on Instagram, like talking shit to each other, like, like cordial shit, nothing crazy. And then, uh, after like the whole Gina thing, like he came up to me, I'm like, put his arm around my shoulder. He's like, Oh, like hang in there, buddy. Like fuck that bitch. And then that's, that's about the only story I have with him. He was on my tail end of Vegas. Whenever I was leaving, he was coming in. Yeah. Cause he was in California. I think before that, you know, Everyone has a good Strickland story where we missed probably so many episodes where that's probably what we should have been asking people is Strickland stories, but <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I mean, now is he only a showtime like cameras on him come up with some good stuff, or is he always funny everywhere? Or like, no, I he, think that's just him, man. That's him. I mean, I probably would do the same thing. Like, yeah, fuck that bitch. You've been around him. That's <laughs> him, right? Right. 
yeah, same same guy. I don't think he's uh he's not putting an act on for the cameras, that's for sure. Yeah. So do you think Strickland pulls off the miracle this weekend for the Vegas residents and the Extreme Couture squad? And if so, how? The thing about Strickland is he's going to make you fight. I, I hope he learned a lot after the Alex fight because uh, I thought that he was going to give Alex. I thought if he fought smart that he would give Alex some troubles. But uh, he was you know, till he, he got caught. He was right. And I think he's going to make Izzy fight. And uh, obviously, I think he could frustrate somebody. So I think if he does win, it'll be deep water and frustrating. Izzy is he getting desperate? And then, uh, you know, Sean just just pulling through with, with the dog in him. Because Izzy is so good. Did, it, Izzy he's is so good. fucking good. Did Sean talk to Alex in that fight? Mm, well, like I don't remember. Him. Yeah. I don't think so. I think, I think that's his I think he was tough talking in that one. He was walking Alex down. I think that's talking to him enough that you saw. Oh, no, when he actually gets the fucking. True, true, true. You know what? And, and some of my best sparring sessions was me just talking shit. Just fucking around. But oh. That, that's yeah. you got to learn some good Portuguese trash talk if the guy don't speak uh, language yeah, to get yeah. him going. But even in your head, you know the fuck you're saying, and they get you. There's there's correlation because I remember one time I went like this to go like let's fucking go, and my body went like it yeah. like sucked it all up. That I'm like punking this guy in front of fucking millions you, and thousands. Tim people. Elliott talks a little bit while he's fighting, right? Well, so that started after Sean Strickland. Actually, I see Sean Strickland doing it, and I was doing it in Tagir, and so I could just see like. And I don't know if the Russians can understand me, but I know it was like bothering them when I was talking shit and pointing and laughing. Like it was really bothering them. So same thing now. I'm talking shit the whole time in practice. Like if I kick you and it hurts, I'm I'm talking shit. If I hit you in the liver and I can see that it hurts, I'm talking shit. Like and I got all my training partners are good sports. They they don't really care. And I mean we're already fighting, so it's not like they can do a lot. But yeah, I, that's a that's a Sean Strickland move I I got because James Krause would always do that as well. He would always talk to his guys, talk shit like in a polite way but uh yeah i got that from james krause and sean strickland one thing that talking hold shit on does... hold on what's going on with james krause free james krause i feel like he's getting so wrongfully persecuted in this situation or even just let why can't a fighter an ex-fighter he was no longer an active fighter bet on fights i don't understand what was going on you know i'm not really sure and i, I hate even bringing him up because every time i talk about him now it's like he people hear about him and then he gets back into circulation but like I don't know. I think he's good. Like we still talk every day. He's one of my best friends, uh, still my mentor. Um, but I think he's actually doing better, not fighting. It was, it was occupying so much of his time. And, and like, he's a, he's a better friend now. He's a better dad now. He's a better husband now. And I think he's better off, you know, not having cause goddamn, he was, he was the dad of 50 degenerates like me trying to make it in the UFC. And it was just occupying all of his time. So um, as far as how he's doing personally, he's, he's doing great. You know, obviously he can't do anything with fighting anymore, but there's no scenario where James Krause isn't doing great. You could take everything from the guy and in two years, he's going to be fine. He's just, he's an earner. He's a genius. Like he's a smart guy. He's going to be fine. Steve Silers told me last time I told Steve about like, you know, buying houses, renting. He was like, Krause is like a fucking whiz with that. Remember shit. the mental sensei used to always say, like, James Krause, who you guys got to get. And I'd always just see things on James Krause. I've always been a fan. We always were close to having him on the show. And then this shit happened. And I'm like, he. It's a, I think I fought in the same car as him in Denver, maybe. You fought on the same car as him before. Yeah. I think uh, the troops, maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Bobby but Green, just, he got kicked in the nuts three times. And they it was a stoppage from low blows. Unless they got something crazy on him, 
Like there was actually fight fix and then whatever. But even then, just let them coach nah, his fighters. I think, they got and... anything like that. I think they're just making an example out of him. Like, I think he, he bragged on the Errol Hawani show about betting. And I think he just. Oh, yeah, I guess that was dumb. But uh, I mean, I know the guy. He's not going to risk his career and everything off of no fight fixing or anything like that. I know. Well, I guess I don't know. But it don't seem like him to give up. He's just a smart guy. Like, but I, I, I know he's doing all right. There's no scenario where that guy's not, you know, doing good. And like I said, he's, he's one of the best people I've ever met. All right. That's good to hear. I like to hear good shit about him. He's Cause like I know he's going through some shit. I've heard said that, that I've heard. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I've always heard good things. So when you said his name, I swear to God, my, his name was rattled in my head moments before you said his name. So I was like, Oh, now I can bring him up. You brought him up. So <laughs> steep a versus John Jones is the biggest fight. In MMA history without Conor McGregor involved, coming up soon. Who do you think wins that fight? I think John Jones beats everybody, man. He's uh he's unbelievable. I don't I don't think going up to heavyweight is gonna be because he's he could fight big guys when he was a skinny two oh fiver. I don't think he's gonna have any trouble having with these big guys. I think he's uh he's the best he beat Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier is is a big guy that's fought at 205. I, I don't think anybody beats John Jones. He's the best. Oh, for sure. He took D- D- DC down. I was going to say Cormier. Yeah. Cormier is good. Yes. Yeah, he's it's good. hard. Yeah. Big. Like, you look at Cormier's body of work, and then it's like Jones kind of, even in the second fight, it was like Jones having a bit of an off night or DC <laughs> fucking him up, and then Jones just went, remember how I told you that <laughs> left high kick was coming? Because <laughs> the thing is, he was the best, and he would go on benders the weekend before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is like... That's a different level of good. Yeah. And then then they were like, you're taking performance-enhancing drugs, and it was like a nanogram. It was like something like super minute. Yeah, we love John Jones here. We don't care what he does. We're big John Jones fans. We're big Stipe fans, too, but we just got to ask every fighter we get, you know, their take, but... Absolutely, John yeah. Jones is the goat. So we'll, we're going to let you get out of here, but we always like to ask guys about if they got a good street fight story for us. Have you ever been in any street fights? Man, I, I have. I try not to, like, as an adult. And, yeah, uh, we, it could be your best one when you're in... You know how every guy... 16 years old. Every guy has their story, like, yo, this one time I have this fight. <laughs> well, I have, like, a, it's kind of a funny one, and that's a more modern one, because I, you know, I was when I was younger, I was always scared to fight because my dad had a... My dad wasn't one of those dads where like, oh, if somebody hits you, you can hit him back. My dad was like, we don't fucking fight. Somebody hits wow, you, you fucking walk insane. away. Like, you're not fighting. You fight somebody, you're going to have to fight me later. But uh, it was, Sterling was like five or six. And my dad was training my grandmother's dog. She had a huge Doberman. And uh, he's like nudging this dog and like doing the shit in the park. And it's a little bit aggressive, but he's a good dog trainer. And this dog was a fucking wild ass dog. And my grandma's an old lady. But uh some lady drives by and she's like, did you just kick that dog? And my dad was like, oh, I nudged him with my foot. She starts going crazy. And I like, her boyfriend like kind of steps up out of the car. And I was like, hey man, I was like, you should go. Your girlfriend's going to get you beat up. Well, he gets out of the car <laughs> with a golf club and he starts walking over with a golf club. So I meet him in the street. I pick him up in a double leg. I carry him to the soft grass. I set him down the whole time. My dad's like, don't hurt him, Tim. Don't hurt him, Tim. I ruined I could choke him just, just until he drops the golf club. He goes out. I take the golf club away. Like, he stands up. I'm, like, patting him on his back. I'm, like, you're okay? He's, like, he gets up. He goes and grabs my daughter's water bottle, hands my daughter her, her water bottle, and then he goes and gets back in the car and leaves. And then, like, walking home, I'm, like, 
this is the first time I ever tried to tell my daughter, like, please don't. But I was like, Sterling, please don't tell your grandmother that I got in an altercation, like, with somebody on the street. Like, please, as soon as we get in the house, oh, grandma, I need to talk to you. Dad got in a fight and the cops are coming. I'm like, oh, my God. Did the cops so come? So it wasn't really much of a street fight. Did the cops come? No, no, no. It was like a three-second ordeal and nobody, like, there wasn't even a punch thrown. I just carried him home, set him in the grass, stubbed him real fast, moved the golf cart or the golf club away, and then he gave Sterling his water bottle, her water bottle, and then took off. Did he just give but us I like just... a Dana White fight story? No, Dana White <laughs> gave us a crazy one. Yeah, well, no, Dana White told us about how one time he got beat up, essentially. Nah, oh, sure. he told us how he defused the situation real quick and didn't really have to get into a street fight. <laughs> We want the other Tim Elliott story where Tim Elliott was letting him fly. No, nah, man, I'm a, I'm a little dude, man. I'm not trying to. Maybe, maybe in high school, like all, all or, my friends or, were. To... We'll give you time to think about it. Or we next were... time you come on, you have a good one. You know, I was 16 years old. I forgot. I was dating <laughs> Nancy. Oh wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Even that before. We'll close on this. Abu Dhabi. Have you ever been to Abu Dhabi? That's a whole different thing. I have so. I got a fight in a, on Fight Island during the pandemic. Uh, so it was just a close-off Yas Island. And it was in a tent at that time with no fans. So, uh, yeah, I fought Ryan Benoit. Had a really good fight with him. Uh, really cool place. I, I, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, the Russian Muslims fucking hate me, though, after the Tagir fight because I grabbed his gloves. So I'm, like, known as a cheater. And I was getting death threats for a while. But I, I guess a foul is cheating now. So, uh, but whatever, I... Everybody asked if I grabbed his glove. I was like, yeah, I grabbed his glove. He's looking at it and grabbed his dick. Like, I'm trying to win. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of money on the line. Yeah, no shit. All right, Tim, you're the man. We're not going oh, to Abu Dhabi, but well, I'm sure we'll see you sometime in the future, and then we'd love to make you, you know, not a stranger on the show. We always try to say we're going to get people get back, but we usually get them on, have a great interview with them, and then we don't, we're not going to talk to you for three years. But we're not going to let that happen here with Tim Elliott. Anytime, man. Just let me know. Shake and bake, big dog. Take care, guys. See ya. Man, I miss Tim Elliott. Oh, yeah, big fan. Love me some Tim Elliott. Dude, I'm looking fucking... You know, I got trimmed down, though. So, Jeff Smith, we went along with that with Tim Elliott. Do we want to go Jeff Smith? I'll send it. See what happens. Send it, see if he's got something for us. But UFC 290, your boy's back. Tai Tuivasa. Oh, wow. He's coming back with, like, some hair. For the first time. I did see that. So I and, I and I thought the way we're talking about superstitious, you know how like you had that one little run. Was that your run when you had that hair? Like once you started growing it out and then cornrows, that was in the run. That was right? the run. That was yes. in the run. Uh, I also you, you cut I it mid run. Cut it and kept running. Um I cut it. You cut it mid run. Clay Guida. Okay. No, I before Clay Guida. You had short hair, Clay Guida. I know. I cut it before Clay Guida. Okay. Beat Clay Guida and then lost next fight. Yeah. So that was a question I had for you. Because that's a thing if you're superstitious. But episode 138, big shoot, Tim Elliott fan. Shoot Jeff a shot. We're here. Let's wrap this. And then if that happens, we can fucking. Sure, sure. So episode 138. Well, see you later.